0: The Securities and Exchange Commission took some big steps last week to regulate the crypto industry. Securities and Exchange Commission filing charges against Binance and its founder CZ for mishandling customer funds and breaking securities rules. The SEC is suing crypto trading platform Coinbase saying it is operating illegally as it failed to register as an exchange.
1: And that is just the latest move in a crackdown it appears against crypto companies in general. Earlier this week, These two lawsuits
0: in which the SEC alleges that Binance and Coinbase are illegally operating as unregistered exchanges, are the starting bell in what could be a long fight. Both companies say they will defend their businesses in court. And it sets up what could be a critical moment for crypto in the U.S. and a big test for the SEC. On Monday... We went to Washington D.C. to talk with the person in charge of protecting American investors, SEC chair Gary
1: Gensler. I've seen some non-compliance from time to time in traditional finance, but I've never seen a whole field so built upon non-compliance with law. And frankly speaking, that's what a lot of the business model is.
0: Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, June 14th. Coming up on the show, SEC Chair Gary Gensler tells us why he's going after crypto. This episode is brought to you by Canva. When your work looks good, you look good. So create all the stunning presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos you need with Canva. Start with one of the designer-made templates or jump ahead with the power of AI. It's a real time saver and anybody can use it. Whatever department you work in, whatever you need, Canva will help you get it done and make it look fantastic. Start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Tap the banner to learn more. Will you introduce yourself and tell us what you do?
1: I'm Gary Gensler. I'm a dad of three daughters, and I'm honored and privileged also to be the chair of the Securities and Exchange Commission. Have you ever owned crypto? No. Really? Yes. I plan to tell the truth here.
0: Have you ever opened a blockchain wallet? No. No. When did you become interested in crypto?
1: It started in the fall of 2017. So six years ago.
0: In the fall of 2017, Gensler had come off working for Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign. His career up until then had been a combo of traditional finance and government work. He'd worked at Goldman Sachs and the U.S. Treasury Department. So he went to MIT and explored the world of cryptocurrencies. He got interested in the work of Satoshi Nakamoto, who conceptualized Bitcoin and the blockchain technology it's built on. But Nakamoto's real identity is unknown.
1: Maybe Kate, you are Satoshi Nakamoto.
0: Right here on the record, I am not. But why should I believe you? Why shouldn't you? Have I ever told you a non-truth before? Uh,
1: We've just met. Yeah. So I don't know. But whomever she was, there's real innovation in that eight-page paper.
0: As Gensler dug more into the crypto world for the courses he taught, he saw it as a critique of the global financial system.
1: I understood at some level that this was a field that was trying to play off the grid. But it's not surprising. I used to tell students it was a riddle. It was solving how do, how do we move value on the Internet with no central bank, no central commercial bank, no, no sexual Goldman authority, Sachs, no Goldman Sachs, no Morgan Stanley. No. No Bank of England, no Federal Reserve. That was at least the Freedom. theory. And remember it was in the middle of the financial crisis. Like just think about it. If you were writing a great novel, Nakamoto writes the paper and publishes it on Halloween night 2008 five or six weeks after Lehman Brothers had failed. It's a product of the time. It fits right into the middle of the financial crisis.
0: Gensler left MIT in 2021. He was nominated to lead the SEC, and with that, he took a new stance on crypto.
1: As a then-academic, I could be fascinated by it. Once I get sworn in to office here, the, the goal is uh, Compliance. Can this field come into compliance with the public policy norms?
0: Why, as chair of the SEC, are you focusing so much on crypto?
1: It's because it's part of our remit. We oversee $100 trillion capital markets for your listeners, the stock market, the bond market. But a part of that is also these crypto securities.
0: Gensler argues that just like stocks and bonds, Cryptocurrencies work like securities, which means the exchanges where crypto is traded fall under the
1: SEC's rules. And just like any other part of the capital markets when somebody's raising money from the public, they owe the public full fair and truthful disclosure when they're running a exchange. They need to have proper protections.
0: How is trading crypto different from trading stocks in the US. So how is Coinbase different from the New York Stock Exchange?
1: There's important similarities and there's important differences. The similarity is the law still applies. And it applies because the underlying tokens are securities. In terms of their organization, the business model in crypto is based upon commingling or bundling a bunch of functions that normally are separated in traditional finance. The New York Stock Exchange does not also own a hedge fund or a market maker trading against you. What we alleged in Binance and in Coinbase is that they were bundling up multiple functions that are traditionally separated. For good reason, they're separated. (laughs) We would never allow that for the New York Stock Exchange.
0: In the trading of stocks and bonds, exchanges and brokerages are separate. Like the New York Stock Exchange is separate from Charles Schwab. But in the crypto world, Coinbase and Binance perform both functions, which Gensler says can lead to conflicts of interest. The SEC also alleges that cryptocurrencies, sometimes called coins or tokens, are functioning as securities under the law. Gensler pointed to the thousands of tokens traded on Coinbase as an example.
1: Well, I'd say this, Kate. It belies logic to think that 16,000 tokens, none of them are securities. And it's because there are entrepreneurs behind it that you, Kate, could go and interview. Wall Street Journal, you could get them to talk to you that are building the backbone of each of those tokens, the technology, the websites, and the investing public is investing in those entrepreneurial efforts.
0: But if I call them up, will they tell me that that's a security?
1: I don't care if they say that it's a goldfish. It's still... An investment contract under our laws, the law is clear. (laughs) If you're raising money from the public and the public's making uh, an investment based on your efforts, therein lies a, a relationship, one might say. But it's technically called an investment contract.
0: Binance and Coinbase disagree and have said they will fight it in court. After the break...
1: Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply.
0: This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday. And pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance – with Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever, and you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. Last fall the crypto exchange FTX imploded. And its founder, Sam Bankman-Fried, is facing federal charges for misusing customer money. He has pleaded not guilty. Did the collapse of FTX create more urgency for you?
1: I think the relevance of FTX is that it showed for the investing public how fraught it is to have these functions so bundled up and how fraught it is to have non-compliant crypto exchanges. But no one should assume that other bundled crypto service platforms, so-called crypto exchanges, are better protected. We have laws that have worked for 90 years. And it doesn't mean that they can't be enhanced, the current laws. But we've seen this story before. It's called the 1920s. The hucksters, the fraudsters, the scam artists, the bankruptcies were preying upon the public's interest in a new form of investing the stock market after World War I. And it ended with, of course, the Great Depression and the 1929 crash and so forth. And as a bit of a student of financial history, a lot of what we see in crypto has some of these same infirmities. You're not getting the full, fair, and truthful disclosure. You've got platforms against which you're trading. They're both a hedge fund trading against you. They might be borrowing against your assets. They might not even be keeping the, your assets. We allege in Binance that you may have thought that your funds or crypto were custody here in the U.S. and not so clear that they were. We allege in Binance that it had a great amount of deception and concealment about where your funds and crypto were, that they were commingling the house funds with your funds, Uh, I would suggest you'd want to be very careful. And if somebody's not giving you disclosure, you should ask yourself, why aren't they willing to give me the disclosures I deserve and under the law I'm supposed to get? Why isn't that crypto trading platform properly separating my funds and putting them remote from the bankruptcy?
0: Binance denied the SEC's allegations and said customer funds are stored safely. How do you respond to the idea that the risk here now is that crypto runs away from the U.S., goes outside, and now Americans are more at risk because it's off in the Bahamas and Hong Kong and
1: Singapore? Here, let me say this. It's a matter of relative risk. We have a financial system with all its strengths and weaknesses, that it largely stays within the public policy norms and the laws that we've put in place as a society. The risk is actually that somehow crypto undermines that traditional system of trust. That when you use a brokerage app, you use a robo-advisor, or even you pick up the phone and you talk to some humans at a bank or a broker-dealer, you trust in that system. The greater risk is, is that somehow the crypto field undermines that trust in our traditional system. What's next? Look, what's next in this field is we're going to continue to reach out and try to work with the market participants. My experience these last two years is that there are entrepreneurs and operators in the field that want to come into compliance. Some have actually registered as a what's called special purpose broker dealers. Some have registered even as alternative trading systems. Only a handful have actually registered their tokens. There's a path forward here. But we'll also use the tools that the American public wants us to, to protect them the best we can with our limited resources and pursue this in the courts. And if need be, appeal things as well.
0: So your interest in crypto kind of got kicked off by MIT teaching a course. In the future, are they going to be teaching the course of digital currencies? And Gary Gensler will have a chapter as
1: the man who killed crypto. It's hard to tell what the future will bring, Kate. I would hope that if I was even in said book, it was the person who helped this field come into compliance with public policy norms and the laws. I would hope that this field at some point would see that their path forward, I would really contend probably the only successful path forward is to ensure the public gets their proper disclosure and that the platforms in the middle of the market are not so conflicted, so bundled up, that they're just there to take money out of the pockets of the investing public. Take money out of the pockets of the investing public. That's what we saw in the 1920s. And look at how many hucksters and fraudsters we've already seen in this field.
0: This episode has been updated. A previous version incorrectly stated the year that Gensler left MIT. It was 2021. That's all for today, Wednesday, June 14th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Paul Kiernan and Dave Michaels for their help with this episode. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.